Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome, SOS listeners. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, today's show, I actually was on, the gentleman's name is J.V. Crumb Third. He's actually host of one of the top podcasts in the world with over 1,600 shows and rated one of the top 13 shows by Inc. Magazine. He has his website, which is ConsciousMillionaire.com. But I just want to encourage you that if you're a leader, an entrepreneur, an individual that's looking about success in life, that JV has all kinds of interesting stories about his journey of selling juice when he was four years old as an entrepreneur while he didn't actually think that he was and then he actually ended up being a lawyer that never practiced so anyways there's some things that are a part of that show but part of his system was you know what every single person is here for a reason so he talks about the most successful individuals in life actually are clear about their purpose so that's a segue to the fact that if you have not engaged in our purpose work meaning the quest for purpose book you can go to thequestforpurpose.com, uh, look at a chapter there in the book, download it for free, and then see if you want to be able to get the book as part of an experience for you. To you to get clear, every single person listening to this show, you matter, you are here for a reason, and you're here to make a difference. My encouragement is, is that you would take responsibility to do it. So JV and I will have a great conversation here that you'll be able to kind of take you further down here and that there are some big goals, some big things that you're destined to do if you only would engage and take action. So have fun. Listen to the interview between J.V. Crumb III and myself. Thank you for listening to Secrets of Success. Well, I have the pleasure of having a fellow podcast host, and he's been very, very successful in this space. He helps entrepreneurs and business owners to transform their life, go and excel to new levels. He has one of the top 13, 14, 10 shows, whatever day it is, business shows, podcast shows, as rated by Inc. Magazine. And welcome to the show, J.V. Crumb III. Well, Ken, I am excited to be here, and thank you so much for being on my show. And I just want to give a big hello to everybody who's listening today. As I always say on my show, there are no accidents. You're right where you belong, and I know that Secrets of Success is an amazing podcast. So I just want to celebrate that we're all here together, and uh, I want to thank you for listening today. Well, thank you, JV, and I appreciate those comments. And listeners, yes, they are, you are giving your most valuable commodity to this moment, and that is your time. And you will not be disappointed with the experience, the insights, the wisdom, JV, that you will sh share with everybody today. Now, you are the author of the book, Conscious Millionaire, and we're going to get into those details, and you have all the success in podcasts as well in this space. And we're going to get into that at the end of the show, but before that, JB, what's your story? Like, where were you born? What was, you know, where where did this sort of your beginning start? Yeah, so that's a, it's actually an interesting story because my life today is so different than how I began. So I grew up in a little country town in the center of Florida with maybe two or three hundred people. It was on a four by five mile lake, and 
I grew up doing country things, you know, barefoot outside, going on the docks and using a cane pole because we, we didn't have any money. So we, I never had a rod and reel. We never had that much money. And you'd put worms and I'd catch bass and brim and that's what we'd eat that night. So my, my beginnings were my father was an entrepreneur but not particularly successful most of the time. My mother was a school teacher so we weren't eating on a lot of money, that's for sure. And about uh, four... I wanted a pup tent for my birthday and I had already learned by four how to handle these things because I would only talk about one thing that I wanted and I'd never shut up about it and I had already figured out that guaranteed that they wanted to shut me up they would give it to me mm. so I got the pup tent my grandmother lived with us we did I didn't have any siblings so I was in a three generational family and every weekend was spent with extended family that's how I grew up and we had a tangerine tree. We had about an acre. And so my grandmother and I saved up egg cartons. We didn't have anything else. And we took tangerines. And one day, the two of us just spent the day squeezing tangerines and putting them in the, the 12 little compartments, if you imagine, of the egg cartons. Mm. And I set up my pup tent where I knew the high school kids were going to get off because even at four, I'd figured out they had jobs so they could buy something. And my joke about it is Lucy had nothing on me. She was selling psychiatric help for a nickel, but I charged a dime for my tangerine juice that I'm now quite certain they threw away later. But uh, I sold tangerine juice, and that was the first thing I sold. And then I was the only kid in town. I would order candles. I would order boxes of cards. My father had 100 acres, and we farmed uh, peanuts. Now, if you're not wow. from the South, you won't even get the story maybe. But in the South, eating boiled peanuts is a big deal in the summer, right? It's like having... Uh, the uh, you know your watermelon right because we also did a hundred something acres of watermelon and so my father helped me at age seven we we uh, boiled them and then I I guess the dime kind of stuck with me because I'd go around and sell them door to door and on the main street which was not very long a few blocks but I'd sell them to everybody and then my dad said you know son if you would go back in the afternoon you could sell them again that tells you how much people like the ball of peanuts, right? So I started selling ball of peanuts to the same people twice a day. And then by nine, my, uh, you know, we didn't have an internet. If we did, I don't know what would happen. But uh, my parents, you know, gave me an allowance. Now this dime thing continues because I only got a dime and it was a long list. You know, mow the acre, wash the cars, all that kind of stuff. Right. So I kind of felt I was an indentured servitude. And I said, I'm going to solve this issue. I can't get out of this one because I need a place to eat and a place to, to sleep, right? So I got to do whatever they say. So I started going around town and I got a dollar to five dollars. That tells you the difference between our household and what I could get from people. Right. And I was the only kid in town that mowed lawns. So I was just... Uh, and here's the fun part is that I thought I was going to go to med school. That's what I did pre-med undergrad. I never had an interest in being an entrepreneur or a business guy. And yet, in retrospect, it's clear I was, you know, pretty much out mm. of the shoe. That I was somebody who wanted to go sell stuff to people and, uh, and I enjoyed doing it. So that's how I got started. Well, selling juice at four, I'm sorry, that is an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, tangerine juice at that in eight cartons. 
in egg um, cartons, but that's the only containers we had. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you for that, JV. I mean, it's very keen. You know, when you think about you know people's journey and their story and how it makes them up and the fabric of their essence, uh, it's fascinating. So, JV, you uh, you decided maybe to go to pre-med school. Then, what happened there? Where was the sort of a tipping point? To yeah, so I went to Wake Forest and I was pre-med and I was in an honors program, so I was able to skip the first two years of requirements. And so, in a in you know less than two years, I completed my pre-med, and one day I realized it wasn't what I wanted to do, uh, which I was fine about. But I called my parents and told them, and they were not so fine. And worse than that year, I decided I'd go to seminary. So I was pre-seminary for a year, and then I decided that wasn't what I wanted to do. So I defaulted to psychology and ended up. I have three graduates, but the first one's in a master's in clinical and testing psych. So I did kind of two tracks. Loved that. Did a lot of training in NLP, Ericksonian hypnosis, gestalt therapy, which actually I bring all of that in to my coaching with business owners, business coaches to help them shift their internal mindset about receiving mm. money and about how big they can play. And it makes mm. a tremendous difference. So I love that kind of work. And then at 23, basically took the helm uh, to the family trucking line that was basically in bankruptcy for all practical purposes. I had no business background in terms of ever taking any business courses or reading business books or articles or anything, but somehow I was a duck to water and within a year I had turned this all around. We had a six-figure profit the first year. By the third year we're making six figures or more in a month of profit and I learned that I loved this stuff called business. And I never had any intention to do this. I even, the fourth and fifth and sixth year, I ran the company and went to law school full time, which goes under the heading, kids, don't try this at home. <laughs> and you don't I'll have a say, personal Are you life. kidding me? Uh, JV, no. I, think, I think the listeners are saying, boy, this person's pretty smart. So you Well, uh, I've driven, let's just say that. And... I was going to go practice tax law, but kind of got my arm twisted, stayed at the companies, and am licensed in two states, but have never practiced law. I don't have a penny of income as an attorney, mm. but ended up being an entrepreneur. So it's really interesting because one of the things I like to help people do is figure out how they're going to play big. What's that mm. next big goal? And What's that internal piece about purpose that drives them? Because to me, if, if you're not clear about the purpose and the reason mm. that you're on this planet to make a difference, it's, I don't think you end up building the right business. But when you discover that and you bring that into your business or into your coaching, all of a sudden the lights go off and you're working with the right people and you're filled with joy because you love getting up in the morning and working with them. You, you love the problems they have and you want to help them solve them. That comes, I think, from both getting an internal sense of who you are and getting the right strategies and execution and mindset to bring it external from you. J.D., I just want to stop you there. I want the listeners to hear both of those sides. I mean, you have to have a successful structure for a business, but for it to sustain, for you to have the energy you need to be playing in your pond, the pond that really excites you, that energizes you. You know, that's the work that you do. That's the work that we do around purpose. You know, when I was on your show, it's just, it's so important to do it. But let's go back to this, this, this tipping point for you when you said, you know, I decided I didn't want to be in medicine, but you were called into the trucking company. So how did you, who hadn't had sort of this business orientation, 
get drawn into the trucking company to transform it? Like, where's the story well, there? Well, actually, it was quite. Uh, it was took about a month, month and a half. My dad and I had a lot of conversations, and he said, "Will you, will you come help me?" And I said, "Well, I've decided." At that point, I'd finished the master's in psych, and I was accepted into a PhD program. But I had already decided, you know, that I didn't want to go get the PhD. So I decided this wasn't the that I liked the personal development, but I really didn't want to be a therapist. So I said, I'm going to go to law school. I've been studying for the LSAT, and I'll come work with you for six months. And I said, you know, full disclaimer, you know I don't know anything about business, but it really was out of a deep love for my dad that I did it. It had nothing to do with I wanted to do it at all. I had actually no interest in it. But I thought, okay, you know, my dad's having a rough time. I really care about him. I'll go do this for six months. And, you know, three years later, it had become highly successful. So I I didn't really know until I wrote my book, Ken, because uh, my editor kept saying a few things to me like, you've got to explain this to your audience. And I'm going, well, it's kind of like at five. I decided at five I was going to grow up and be a millionaire. And I got there at 25. I thought every little kid made that decision. I'd never discussed it with anybody. And my editor says, that's not normal. And I said, really? I thought everybody made that decision at five. They just Most people didn't fulfill it. Well, she some goes, no, most there. people don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So, I mean, again, yeah, so editor giving I, you I feedback think, on that. Well, and uh, but the point I wanted to get to was that when I was writing the book, I had to look back, and she says, you've got to explain how you had no business background and you became you know, really successful in three years. And I actually had to think about that and analyze. It took me a while, about six months, to analyze all the stuff I'd done. And I said, well, what was I doing? And then I got it. In college, I was really you know, academically good, and I created systems for how I studied, for how I wrote papers for how I took tests and when I hit the trucking line I just started systemizing everything I created systems for everything that we did and it didn't take long with systems to figure out what were the right steps and to get rid of things that weren't working mm. that's why the trucking line turned around is that I'm a systems thinker and I applied systems to everything we did how does that apply to people that are listening uh, to their personal life and or to their business JV. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic question. Uh, you know, I I come I come to any situation you know with who I am, and so because I'm a systems thinker, I don't know how you'd build a business or have a successful life if you didn't look at what are the outcomes you want. That's what I do with clients. I go, what's that big goal? What's that big result you want? Now let's figure out the steps to get there. Well, what are the steps? The steps are a system. And then when you get them fine-tuned, when people say, oh, I want to scale and get a seven-figure business, and then I want to turn it into two million and three million and five million and ten million, scaling is the fine art of creating systems that work. Systems for marketing, systems for selling, systems for delivering, whether it's digital products, whether it's services, but everything has a system to it. That is the essence of what it means to scale a business. Hmm. Hmm. And so with your experience, all these entrepreneurs, business owners you've worked with over the years, where are they at with systems implementation? 
for the average. Yeah, it's a, fan, uh, it's a fantastic question. Well, you, let's go back to the original part of this conversation. An internal set of things going on, your mindset, your beliefs, your, your attitude, uh, the habits that come out of you, the way that you see the world, your, your understanding of what you're worthy of and being able to receive, all that's internal, whoa, whoa, it's a whoa. system. Whoa, you said a gem there. Understanding what you're worthy of. What do you, we, we want to stay there for a second. Well, no, let's go, let's go there because I, I, I love that. I actually have a new program that's how people are getting great results. It's called the VIP Money Mastery. I create an empowerment audio that's based on NLP and Ericksonian hypnosis, and then we work on their internal pieces about their relationship with money. And I can tell you, if you're listening thinking, well, maybe this is going on with me. Let me tell you, it's going on with everybody because even Jeff Bezos, who last time I saw his net worth was a few months ago, $130 billion, mm -hmm. nobody has yet gotten to the trillion mark. But in my estimation, that's going to happen in all of our lifetimes. It will happen. And why is it going to happen? Because some body sees possibility and opportunities and systems differently than somebody else. And that's why they're going to be able to scale there because they're mm. seeing different opportunities. But now let's go back and talk about worthy and deserve. What I've discovered is that with each person, one of the specific things is either you have a strong resonance around the word worthy or it's deserved. Usually it's not both. And you can figure this out by writing out a couple of sentences. So I don't deserve fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And then write I do deserve. And then just write another couple of sentences. I'm worthy of, uh, I'm not worthy of, and then I am worthy of. Right? What and if you fill in the blanks the same, the two that are not have the same ending, the two that are have the same ending, one of those, when you say it and feel it in your body, is going to feel like, oh, that's how I code all of this. Because that's what NLP is really about. It's about coding things. And until you understand how you're coding it, you can't unravel it. And it's really running your life. And that running of your life and your business may be positive, but it also more than likely is in some ways a barrier or holding you back. Mm. So maybe right now you're at five figures. Part of the reason you're not at six is what we're talking about, this internal part. Or maybe you're at six, but you're not yet at seven. Or you're at seven, but you're going, wow. Even thinking about being eight might feel incredibly scary for you, mm -hmm. or adding another million this year might feel incredibly scary or just leave you confused or overwhelmed. Part of that's the internal piece, and you've got to get your internal system, for lack of a better word, straightened out, mm -hmm. right? So that who you are is going from where you are today, and there's a trajectory that's moving upward to where you want to be, what that big goal is for tomorrow. Now, when we think about individuals, and thanks, JV, uh, we could have like 10 different shows on just a couple of the things you said already. <clears throat> In your experience, um, how do we, I'm not sure if you can do it all in this little segment, but you know, how do I, uh, first of all, find out, which we use these statements, 
But then number two, if I find out that I really have a, a set point or a belief system that's hindering me, how do you help me break free of that? Yeah, so one of the things I do with my private clients is I create the private empowerment audio that's based on information I gather uh, from the client, and that helps moving through it. And then another way is that we have these dialogues in which part of the time I have them think of, well, what are all these negative things? Well, let's externalize them, which really comes from Gestalt. If you know anything about Gestalt therapy, and I'm not doing therapy here, I'm simply using the process, that you externalize a piece of yourself that you're having a conflict with, and you have a dialogue. So I help them have a dialogue, and through that dialogue, they get a lot of insight about mm. what's really going on, and that is the process of unraveling this, because as long as you keep it in the, in, in the dark corners, right, you're not going to be able to blast through. But I believe you can blast through anything. But I don't think the blasting through is entirely internal. I think it's okay. also about having the right strategies and, and executing, taking action. Because when we go out there, let's say sales. I just you know, closed a new deal less than an hour before I came on this. I, lo mm -hmm. I, I love having new clients. I love working with clients. So let's say sales, because that's uh, an area that for most business owners and business coaches, uh, for most, it's a difficult area. It's not mm. something that comes naturally for a lot of them, and there's a lot of fear around it, and yet well, you've got to do Sorry so. to interrupt, J.D., but there are some people who were therapists or now business coaches. It's actually the number one thing they hate. Right. And they're trying uh, to build absolutely. The I would say 90% of business coaches, because I work with a lot of business coaches, um, either have fear, don't like, don't want to do, but just aren't good at selling. And you can't build the business coaching practice because the business coaching practice, you need to have great skills as a business coach, but that is not what's going to put money in the bank. Mm. You, you've got to be able to have a conversation with people, help them see what's missing, and then take them to a place of realizing that you're the man or woman who can help them get that missing piece. So where does, the aversion, do where does the aversion of, of, now I have my answer because I was a sales trainer, I am a sales trainer. Where does the aversion towards sales come from? Where does this whole negative kind of persona around? I, actually, actually, I think the thing that sometimes makes it difficult for people is that there's, there's kind of a laundry list. You, you know, like pick from this list which ones are going on with you. For, for instance, there's the worthy or deserves, so that's the mm -hmm. receiving piece. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the part that you feel like you're doing something that's an imposition for other people. Like you're, you're, someone has twisted your arm, and now you've now translated to that that sales is about twisting people's arms to mm. get them to buy from you. As opposed to, it's about helping them go to a place of transformation that they actually need and you can provide for them. But then there's just the basic human piece about rejection. Nobody really loves rejection. So if we've coded selling and someone saying no as rejection, then every time we get on the phone or the Zoom or in person or however we do it, when we're in front of or with that prospect, 
then there's a part of you that's afraid of rejection. Mm. This is my reframe. Please take it and use it, right? They've already said no, right? Before you ever get into that situation with them, that call, that in-person meeting, they've already said no. They haven't bought, bought your services or your product. They haven't paid you money. So that's a no. You already have a no. So everything from there is uphill because the worst they can actually do in terms of your ego is just say no a second time. And that's okay because the truth is a certain number of people are going to say no because it's just not a right match. You know, this idea that you should be able to sell anything to anyone is just not true. What you should be learning to do is sell what someone really has missing that solves their problem and it happens to be a solution that you can sell. But some people I get on the phone and I talk to them. I had one this morning. So I sold a second person, first person I didn't. And that was because as I listened to her, I realized that I didn't have a solution that she needed. Mm. Right? And so then I went to partnership. Hey, what can we do together? You know, because I'm going to pitch something. I have a little sign right next to me by my computer, pitch, pitch something to everyone. But pitch doesn't mean I'm trying to get money from them. Pitch could be, hey, what could we do together that would work? Or maybe you know somebody that would be right, and I'll be glad to give you a referral commission. That's a, that's a pitch. So you go for what's true, mm. and then it's a conversation. And, then, and the great thing about it is that most of us like having conversations. Absolutely. I think one of the things you're saying, JV, for the listeners is, you know, everybody's in um, in a position of influence, is that if it, there's not a fit, then you actually can even say no on behalf of the client like you did this morning. There's not a fit, and that's you're not trying to force somebody to make a decision where there's not a fit. So you, you're honoring your integrity at all cases. Well, not only, I, I think that's right, not, and not only are you honoring your integrity, you're building integrity into the relationship because once it's clear to you inside that there's just not a match, that they don't happen to have any of the problems that you're really good at solving and that most people tend to hire you for, then you would actually be hurting the relationship to try to sell them something that you already inside know isn't right for them. Mm. That's going to actually hurt the relationship. Whereas if you go, hey, you know, and who are you looking for and what, what will benefit you? Now you've built the relationship. So there's a, I, I think this would be the, the takeaway I'd suggest. There's a win in every conversation. It's just not there's a sale in terms of money in every conversation. So if you're more committed to everybody winning, Mm. Over the long and short term, that will serve you best. Absolutely. And I think that's what we teach here at SOS or your show, you know, Conscious Millionaire or other shows that are out there. So, JV, with that, you know, we think about success in life. You've interviewed hundreds of experts, literally hundreds, over the We've years. We've done 1,600 of those, actually. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you're one of the pioneers. I, 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 I know. I'm still <laughs> kind of... Uh, <laughs> I think I'm really still digesting. I'm going, wow, 1,600 shows, you know? And I just launched a new one last month, and, and tomorrow I'm launching my sixth show. And what's, what's so fun about this? Because you know from interviewing people, what a great gig to have to be able to talk to so many amazing people. 
Mm. Like we are, I was doing another interview this morning, JV, and I said, you know, this is not work. What are you, what are you kidding? Uh, you know, I knew early on that having conversations with people was just something that I loved to do and enjoyed doing. And here we are. You know, there weren't there weren't really podcasts 20 years ago, or this whole technology to be able to do your own space, set your own title, just go out there, propagate it. Uh, what a what a a blessing or an opportunity for people just to get a message out. Well, I think that it kind of fits into the Belton Sean, the the view that in the next 10 years we will probably have more transformation than has occurred in the entire history of human beings. Mm because there's so much information that's now being aggregated. So, well, when you think about all these guests, 1,600 shows, JV, sometimes the guests, sometimes not, but when you think about all those shows, I know it's nearly impossible to distill, so I'm asking you a difficult question, is what have you learned from all these development experts as key success factors beyond systems, that really causes people to be successful in life. That's a takeaway for everybody. And by the way, everybody, do stay tuned because JV is going to give you a gift at the end of the show and we're going to tell you how to get it. So what were some of the things, what, what are some of the, the tidbits, the wisdom? That yeah, you, so that's a, that's, yeah. A, that's, a, that's a powerful question and one nobody's ever asked me. So I have had a few people ask, you know, who was your favorite person? I said, that one's impossible because... Probably 90% of them were my favorite person. Well, I know really. that I, I mean, was, uh, JV. Yeah. Well, just, of course, we don't if you'd asked that out. one, then, then, then <laughs> it was going to be Ken. You know, so that was the obvious and certainly no, correct okay, answer. Man. Okay. The first thing that came to mind was that market message to market, that you can't get anywhere if you don't have the right message for your market. And next would be you've got to be really clear about who that market is and what offer they want to buy. Now, I know those are all about marketing and selling, but folks, if you own a business, marketing and selling is 80% of your business. I, I know that a lot of people don't want to think that way, but I'm telling you, the more I've learned to think that way, the more I know what I'm doing is that, you know, it's marketing and selling. And then I, because of the nature of Conscious Millionaire and my own philosophy and perspective on business that I think... You know, I focus on helping business owners and coaches and entrepreneurs who want to play big. They want to do something bigger. They want to have a purpose that matters. They want to touch people's lives in a way that transforms them. And they want to make money out of it. Hmm. So to me, having a clarity about that purpose, that bigger vision and infusing that in everything that you do, in your message, in your website, uh, Conscious Millionaire, I, I talk about it on my podcast, so that your team members know, because I can guarantee you, in developing teams, I've got a conversation tomorrow with somebody who wants me to uh, potentially help them build their team. Number one is that they feel connected to something bigger and powerful and important that's the essence of this company. And, you know, we talk, I was just last week at a number of breakout sessions um, and at a conference, and there was a lot of talk about, you know, the 86% of people who are 
not engaged. And some people from mm -hmm. design firms were saying, well, you know, it's because the wall isn't yellow or they don't have living room furniture so they can just be comfortable and they're just stuck in their cubicles. And I'm thinking, this, this is nonsense, folks. Because another breakout session said a completely different thing, and I think that's the wisdom piece here, is that they don't feel connected to a purpose that the business has. They just feel like they're a widget, as it were, that they're coming to work, they have a set of things they're supposed to do, and then they go home, but none of it has any meaning. Mm. And I think it's when you find deep meaning in the work that you're doing, whether you're the CEO, whether you're the owner, whether you're coaching other businesses, or whether you're an employee at a, at a larger concern, it's when we find deep meaning that we get engaged. And I think that Absolutely. is one of the most critical pieces of building a business, not only that matters, but that will be substantially successful financially. I'll share something, JV. Thank you for that. That uh, a, a guest recently shared. He says, you know, I've really moved away from the word vision to the word dream. And he says, dream has a powerful impact, has a powerful sort of metaphor. He says, vision, I can take your vision statement, mix it up with 100 other companies. You might not even know what yours is. But he says, what's your dream? Here at CRG, our purpose is to help others to live, lead, and work on purpose and help you to realize your potential. You are to help you know, entrepreneurs to, to really have that big goal and to realize and have meaning within that business. And so I just encourage the listeners that they would take what you're saying there, JV, and say, you know, what is that dream? Have I articulated? We so get, you know, Mr. Gerber, so busy working in our business, we don't work on our business. And do we really communicate what we're about? Even myself, you know, we're in this business, is constantly trying to remind ourselves because we forget ourselves, we get so busy just doing stuff. Well, I, I agree with you. And in fact, uh, when you said, well, of course, we know it's Michael Gerber and the E-Myth. E I actually read that mm -hmm. book when it came out in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So now we have the E-Myth revised, which you know also have, of course. I, I think that it's when we um, allow time for reflection. You know, for mm -hmm. me, part of that has been camping a lot. So I go out, I have a big campfire. I often do a, what I call a piece of work, right? In that I'll write about something that I want to let go of or I'll sit there. I remember a couple of years ago, I went out, I spent three days before I went out for the weekend and then I went out, camped out. And for me, camping out is, is really first and foremost about having a campfire, you know? Mm. And uh, because that's such a transformational part of it all for me. And I was looking at some major changes I wanted to make in my company, and I didn't know what they exactly all the directions, right? But I just knew I want that I wanted to really get clarity about the next year. And I thought about it and did a lot of work on whiteboards because at the time I was in a space where I had you know these big six by eight whiteboards, and I just put a lot on them. And before I went out, I said, what is the question I want to ask myself? And I took a journal with me because, you know, I carry my little moleskins around. And I came up with this question and I thought, well, isn't this interesting? You've got an MBA, you've built and sold companies, and this is the question you think is most important to ask. And here it is. And I highly recommend you spend some time journaling about this question and asking it to yourself. What will bring me most joy. Mm. And 
that question came up in my mind and I kind of sat and pondered about it. And I, I said, you know, actually, that's a fantastic question because when I'm feeling joy, it's always because I'm in that flow of doing what most fulfills me. And therefore, if I'm asking the question about what products, what services, what group programs, whatever I'm going to do with my company, if I'm doing the ones that will bring me most joy, I'm going to be delivering the most value. And I'm going to be attracting the clients that, that not just I want to work with, but I believe that we're all here meant to work with certain people. Mm. Where there's a and by certain where people, a that may not be certain names, but it's certain types of people. Right. And that's who we're really good with, and it's when we do our best work. Mm. And when we do our best work, we're going to give the most value. And when we give the most value, people will be willing to pay us more because they got more value. So it, it, it works in, in every way to build the business and for yourself and for your clients. Everybody wins from it. I couldn't agree more, JV, on that. Now, one little concept I want to insert here is the opposite is true. Sometimes we work with people that we're not aligned with. They drain our energy. We're really not serving yep. them. So you need to fire that client. You need to discontinue the work. That really does a service for both parties. And so just because you have the contract doesn't mean you should keep it. So, JV, we're getting closer to the end of the show. We only have about five minutes left here. So I know that you are going to give a special offer to everybody listening. Now, everybody, this is, this is a pretty amazing offer. So why don't you go through the offer and then where they can find out about it or where they can sign up? Sure. Well, I figured out about myself that I really like working with people who either already consider themselves high performers or that's who they want to be. And then I define a high performer as somebody who wants to make a big impact. They want to create a big wave with their life. And because they're entrepreneurs, they want to turn that big wave also into big profits, big money for their business. So they want, they want it all, but it's driven by the desire to make a difference, to have an impact, to, to, to create change that really positively matters in the world. And what I've discovered is that people like that are constantly driven to discover and conquer, to scale, right, the mountainside to that next big goal. And when they get there, now they want the next one. And what I realized is that that's what actually gives me the biggest joy is helping people discover what is that big goal mm. and what are the strategies and the execution and the mindset, which is my wheelhouse, that's going to help you get to that big goal and in the process grow your business impact more people's lives, make more revenue and profits, and, and have a team that's also happy. So I love working with people who want to have big goals. And a lot of times we have inklings about what that might be, but we're not yet clear. And that's great. I, I love helping people gain clarity about where they want to be in 12 months. And now, what's the best strategies? What's the best steps? How can they execute in the most effective way so that strategically what they're doing, they get, you know, out of a week's worth of work, they get what other people might spend a month to do. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm an, I love efficiency and getting rid of all the things that aren't going to help you and then focusing on the ones that are really going to get you there the fastest, the most productive way, the most profitable way. So you time crunch and you also make more money by time crunching. So if that resonates with you, 
then I'd love to give you an opportunity to have a call with me, a coaching call. I have a short application for you to complete so that we both know it's a good fit. And that's at ConsciousMillionaire.com forward slash big goal. Again, that's ConsciousMillionaire.com forward slash big goal. And I have some people go, well, I, I'm, I'm probably too small to work with you. Listen, if you're five figures, you're six figures, whatever you are, what matters to me is that you're driven to get someplace else and you don't want to waste any time about getting there. You're ready to go. That's the kind of people I love working with and supporting them on that journey. Well, thank you, JV, for making that incredible offer. That's ConsciousMillionaire.com slash big goal for everybody that's listening. And go apply and get private time with JV. And then from there, you'll figure out if there's a fit. Now, you can also go to ConsciousMillionaire.com, get your book if you want to be able to purchase that. Uh, go to your podcast show, which is ConsciousMillionaireShow.com, which ha you have hundreds and hundreds of shows that are available there, JV, as well. So to wrap up, JV, you know, we've covered a lot of ground, a lot of different uh, trips we went on. What would be your encouragement to the individuals out there from a personal and professional development as a tidbit of wisdom, as a, a parting thought that I can take and, and remember JV by as far as the applications uh, right after the show? Yeah, that's such a, a great question. I'm, I'm going to give an answer that probably you haven't heard before. So when I was out um, this year camping, I actually had a coloring book. Now, I hadn't had a coloring book in like a few decades, but I love the outdoors, and the Colorado Mountain Club was selling a coloring book that this guy had created all these things to be colored, and they were all outdoor scenes, outdoor. Mm -hmm. And with one of the campfires, I the next morning because uh, it was a campfire about me receiving at higher levels, right? Because we all mm. have this work to do. It's not it's just because we do the work with other people. We still have to do the work, right? Oh, That's oh, the way this thing works. And so I'm looking at it right now. Interestingly enough, I, because today was a prospecting day, so I opened it up because it inspires me. And it's a gold mine. And underneath it were a lot of rocks, but I decided to make them all gold, so I colored them gold. And then when I finished it, I gave it a title. And the title just spontaneously came out of me. And that's what I want to recommend to you today, that you take that title for yourself. And the title is, I am a gold mine. So it isn't that I'm mining gold from a gold mine someplace, that the gold is coming out of me. Mm -hmm. That what people really want from you is that unique gold that is from no other gold mine on the planet. Mm. and that when you discover and get clear about what your unique type of gold is, now you've got clarity that you can go forth and get that, what we started with, message to market. But the message comes out of you and connects with your market because there's many different ways people might want to buy that gold. They might want to buy it in, in info products and in group coaching. They might want to buy it in a particular kind of product or service that you sell in your business. But what's going to always be true and what will keep you from being a commodity, a widget, is that your gold 
really is the gold that you're on earth to sell. It's why you're here, to distribute that gold and change people's lives. And they're here, in part, to connect with you if you're the right connection. And they're going to give you money to buy your gold, right? It's just that simple. They want your gold because they realize that gold, say you sell $10,000 worth of gold to them, but they get on some level up front and then from the experience they absolutely should be getting that that $10,000 worth of gold might be worth 50000 So that's why they want to give up their $10,000 because they want the gold because they know it's actually more valuable than the dollars they exchange from it. That is your business model right there because that should always be true. Mm. Well, thank you, JV. And on that note, and of course, we could go for hours and hours and more content, but thank you for spending the time with us today. Well, thank you for having me. And, and I just want to, you know, give the love and everything to everybody who's listening because I love all my clients. I, I think it's so wonderful that we get to be in a community of entrepreneurs and business owners and coaches, people who we're really the change makers. You know, the change, when I said in the next 10 years, there's going to be, you know, more transformation has happened in the entire history of humankind. Well, where is that transformation going to come from? It's going to come from the entrepreneurial spirit that is transforming how we live, how we do business, what commerce is even about, how we bridge the differences between countries. That's all in the entrepreneurial spirit. That's what's going to create the transformation. Absolutely. Well, on that note, thank you, JV. SOS listeners, boy, there's a lot in this show. You're going to have to go back and listen to it over and over, and that's the beauty of a podcast. To apply, you are here for a reason. You have a purpose. There is meaning that's there for you. If you don't have it right now, then that's part of the process. Other JV or yourself can help you with that. Or if you do have a purpose, but you don't have the systems, then what are the things you need to do with that? If as we wrap up most shows, if you like what we're doing, thank you for sharing. Thank you for leaving a positive uh, comment in the show uh, after you've listened. This, thank you again. You know, reach out to JV on ConsciousMillionaire.com uh, slash big goal, and he'll help you out. Thank you again for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.